We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I don't think anything. What the hell? There we go. It's live. We're live. We're live, Robert. We're live. We're live. Finally, we got it to work. We got it to work. Big day. Big day. We figured it out. All these tech issues are uh, are, are still going to exist, but whatever, man. We're living the life. We're living the dream. Um, it is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Dodger. The gentleman that you see there with me is the one and only Jeff Goodman, and we have quite a bit to talk about today. Uh, yesterday was a pretty Wild day in college basketball. Duke got a huge win. Villanova knocked off UConn. Illinois ended the myth of uh, Minnesota being unbeatable at home. We had two showdowns in the Big 12. We had uh, USC losing their their stranglehold on first place in the Pac-12. Kentucky went in and beat up Tennessee uh, in Knoxville. Louisville lost by roughly $8 Uh, at North Carolina. The Blue Bloods, apparently, they're back, Jeffrey. But before we talk about anything from Saturday, I think we need to lead off today's show uh, diving into Michigan-Ohio State, a top-five battle, a battle between uh, the two best teams in the Big Ten, a battle between two potential number one seeds, uh, and probably, for my money, the best game that we're going to get in college basketball during the 2021 uh, calendar year, during the regular season. Um, what, what are we going to get better than, than, than this today in the regular season, Michigan, Ohio state, top of the big 10, two top five teams. What are we going to get? That's better than this in the regular season. We're not going to get anything. I so, don't know. Do, do Gonzaga and San Diego play again? Uh, yeah, they do. They do. They'll probably play again. Um, uh, that was a, that, that was, was a, a great part. Part. That um, was a great So time. we yep. are, we are, we are sponsored by our friends over at bet rivers and right now at bet rivers, uh, this game is a pick 'em. The total is one forty-five. Jeffrey, how you feeling right now, man? How you feeling about Michigan Ohio State? I, I don't, you know. Listen, I think Michigan's some more talented. Ding. We know that. Well, the, the, yeah, the ding. You, you, you're, you're at fault for the ding today because you completely threw me off with your inability to to get this live stream going. Hey, um, don't, I, I don't would say the tech issues. Okay, <laughs> I, do what, I do what I can. Um, I here's what I would say is Michigan has the better roster uh, overall. I would say that uh, both teams are on fire. I mean, Ohio State's won, what, seven in a row. Um, Michigan came came back from the pause, has won a couple in a row. It it started with Ohio State being favored, the line, by about a point, point and a half, and now it's tilted to where pick them, and you're you're seeing in some places Michigan's favored. 
Um, I would tend to take Michigan in this, but I don't feel great about it. I feel like this one could go either way. Um, again, you just don't know how Michigan, if, if, if this is going to start to catch up with them a little bit. They haven't played the toughest schedule this year, Rob. They have not played the toughest schedule this year. Not to say that Ohio State is, again, super talented at a different level, but they're just so uh, connected. They've got a really good player in E.J. Liddell. We've talked about him plenty. They, they make every damn free throw. That's the other part with this team. Like, if it's, if it's down to the end, those two guards are going to make every single free throw. Uh, so that'll help them. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like Michigan wins this one, but I don't have a ton of confidence in it. Do you? Um, I think that this matchup is going to come down to what happens uh, with Hunter Dickinson, what happens in the paint, what happens at the five spot. Because the way that Ohio State wants to play is essentially what modern basketball is, right? They, they, they pull you away from the basket. Each of the Dells out there making jump shots. Even Kyle Young, to a point, steps out and, and can can shoot it pretty well from the perimeter. Um, and Hunter Dickinson, we know, is not a guy that is all that adept at, at playing out there. Like, he wants to be kind of in the paint. You know, he, he's a little bit of a throwback big man in that sense. So um, I, I think that that's where this matchup is going to be won. Who can kind of win that battle? I do think that... Uh, Ohio State does have, you know, a little bit of enough size to be able to deal with um, with Hunter Dickinson inside. And I think that they are more effective on the perimeter. Like what we saw with, with Wisconsin was that Nate Reavers and Micah Potter weren't able to um, effectively pull Hunter Dickinson away from the basket and take advantage of him on that end. E.J. Liddell should be able to do that. Kyle Young should be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, Micah Potter is like 6'11 and 240. E.J. Liddell is what, like 6'7? Kyle Young's like 6'8. So um, it's a little bit of a different yeah. match. They also have the uh, the Zed, uh, Zed Key coming in off the bench. Um, I think we'll, we'll probably play an important role today. But again, he's another guy that he's not someone that's really going to space the floor. He's not going to take advantage of that. So um, I, I think to me, that's where this game is won. Who who wins that battle of the front court? Is it going to end up being Hunter Dickinson just overwhelming with his size? Is it going to be uh, Ohio State pulling him away from the basket and taking advantage of him out there, like we saw with Kofi Coburn uh, in, in that game at um, at Illinois? So I think that's where this matchup is going to end up being won. I will say, um, I think it's going to be one at the point guard spot. I do. I, I just think both teams, right? Like Mike Smith's done an unbelievable job for Michigan. Um, you know, to me, again, Ohio State doesn't have the, the greatest point guard situation. Is that fair to say? Like, mm-hmm. it's solid. I mean, listen, Chris Holtman won games without a point guard, period, for a couple games. Like, Justice Suing was initiating the offense for a while. So, he's shown he can, he can win games. But I, I think almost this one comes down to, like, Mike Smith, does he play at the level he's been playing or – does he get exposed for being kind of an Ivy League transfer who uh, may not be quite as good as what we think he is? I, I don't know. I mean, again, he's been great so far this year. He's been good in the defensive end. Uh, he's taken care of the basketball. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't been shot hunting like you think a guy who comes in averaging twenty two a game or whatever he did it uh, in the Ivy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think. You're right. Like the bigs are going to play a, a, an impact here. Obviously, they're going to be important, but I, I think the point guard play is going to determine who wins this game. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, I would not be surprised if we saw some lineups where um, Eli Brooks was at the one and then, uh, you know, Shawnee Brown, uh, Isaiah Livers, and Fran Wagner were kind of on the wings 
um, for Michigan. And I think that could, I mean, that could cause some trouble for CJ Walker. Uh, Eli Brooks has been like a really um, effective kind of on ball pest so far this season. Uh, but uh, again, um, I still just think it's going to be the the front court matchup, and and there's one other thing that I think is interesting about the interesting to point out here is that um, Ohio State is one of the most efficient offenses in the country. Like I don't think they get enough credit for how good they've been on that end of the floor, right? It's basically Gonzaga and Iowa are better than them, and then and then we get to Ohio State, and a lot of that has to do with uh, how well they can shoot it. You know, they're shooting 36 percent from um, three on the season. In conference play, uh, they're shooting 37% from three. And Michigan has been really good at not just um, forcing teams to take tough threes, but running teams off of the three-point line. So um, I think that that, that that will be a factor that comes into play. You know, Is Ohio State able to make contested threes? Because they're going to shoot a lot of contested threes today. Um, I tend to lean towards uh, Ohio State in this spot. I do think that they're going to find a way to get it done. I tend to trust teams that can pull people away from the basket, right? Like what you want in, 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 in 2020 and 2021 in, in, in modern basketball is um, guys that are all versatile, right? All the kind of, all kind of the same size that can all be interchangeable, that can switch, uh, that can take you out of what you want to do offensively. That also happen to be able to make threes and make plays off the bounce. So, um, I think that uh, that that Ohio State can do that a little bit better than Michigan can. But again, like we're talking about a team that has Shawnee Brown, Isaiah Livers, and Franz Wagner. So um, I, I'm I'm very very interested to see like what kind of adjustments Chris Holtman will make here. But it, it's I, I think Ohio State gets it done at home, and that's kind of where I lean right now. And again, this this close, I'm going to just kind of ride with the home team. Yeah, I mean, again, I I don't have a huge. Uh, I don't have a huge opinion on this one. I really don't. I wish I did. I don't love today's slate, period, and we don't need to go too much into the slate beyond Ohio State, Michigan. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of flip back to yesterday. Let me let me hit a couple things on the chat before we move forward. Um, I did get LaSalle wrong, but uh, Ryan Daly literally did not practice for St. Joe's. Uh, he texted me that he was probably done for the year a, a week or two ago. Uh, but I think he felt like, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. And uh, I did not see him playing. I did not see him certainly playing, uh, playing almost every minute and getting 30 uh, mm-hmm. in his first game back since like late December. So uh, I apologize for that one. Um, but again, I, I didn't see that happening. The other one from the same guy, 82. You know, right? you know what we got to start calling you from now on? What's up? Good man, bad info. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, that's pretty good, uh, right? I came up with that on the spot. That is not Ding, good. There it is. Not There's the things. Um, all right, we'll get into the rest of today's slate uh, later, but I, let, let's let's go back and, and kind of talk about um, yesterday's games because there's – I mean, there is so much to get to. Um, what was your – what was the biggest takeaway for you? Because I, I think mine was that the uh, the Blue Bloods are back, Goodman. I don't know if you noticed. But They're the back. Bloods, no, that's back. Yeah, they're back. I mean, they're 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 fully back at this point. I mean, Kentucky is back, and uh, honestly, I kind of like this at this point. I, I kind of like that we've got Kentucky some intrigue into Kentucky going into the SEC tournament. You know, they're not. Unfortunately, they don't get Texas A and M. I think Buzz Williams has just shut down the season in College Station. Like, I feel like they haven't played in like three months, and nobody's noticed. Seriously, nobody knows that they haven't played in three months. So they're not playing Tuesday against Kentucky. Uh, but ultimately, I do. I think it, it'll be fun. SEC tournament, like, 
Listen, who can't Kentucky beat in the SEC if they played like they did yesterday and beat your Tennessee Vols, Robert? Oh, man, they Tennessee, man. No, you, you, that, that, honestly, you should be fully embarrassed by no, your, your, your absolutely, your Absolutely not, because at the time it was 100% correct. You oh, can't predict the future. Oh, you, you can't predict that they're going to be – they're going to be banged up. You can't predict that the bottom is going to fall out. You can't predict that they're going to stop playing defense. You can't predict that these guys are going to stop caring. I mean, you know, when you look at that roster, it, they really should not be 15 and six. There's no way that that team should be eight and six in league play. There's no way that that roster with that talent should be where they are right now. But well, they can't score. That's a problem. You know, you get up on them early and forget it. They certainly can't come back and score. You'd think they'd be able to with all their athletes get out and run. But, well, but teams know that. I mean, with the, with the lack of shooting and the the lack of um of playmaking, like what they what they really need to do is just kind of go full small ball, get up and down, run run the floor, um, try to right. create turnovers, like yeah. make things as ugly as possible. But the problem is, like, to do that, you have to have a healthy Eve Ponds, and like he's he's like his knees banged up, like he's not playing consistent minutes. So, so I think that that kind of it's taken away what they can do, like what makes them best, not having him. At full strength, and and it's kind of left the team that just it does not does not operate well given the circumstances that they are kind of playing in. So I mean, look, it it is what it is, but it just has not worked out well. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's kind right, of what else. So Kentucky wins, Michigan State beats Indiana, and and huge win, huge right, win. So, for State. so here's my question for you: uh, who who has the 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 better shot of getting in the NCAA tournament now is it Duke one, Michigan State two, Kentucky three? If you're ranking them clearly, um, I, I mean, look to to get in the NCAA tournament, um, Duke. I mean, I'm sorry, Kentucky has to win the SEC tournament. Right. Right. There's no, they, there's no That's other. The option. only way. The rest of the regular season like really doesn't matter. They have to win the SEC tournament. There's no, there's no option around that. Michigan um, State. I think. I honestly think. I think Duke might have a. Uh, it's tough because Duke's I think Duke's in today. Duke's in the tournament today. If the I, if the I don't know if I um. If I, I don't know What's if I necessarily hold on. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I think that they're. I think that this the win over Virginia gets them to the point where it's like okay, we need to have a real conversation about them. But I mean, they have that's just their second quad one win. And they have a pair of quad three losses. They lost they're 55 at home. now. They're 55 in the net. Like they got to move I don't, care about, I don't care about the number in the net. Look at their profile. They have two but, quad but you one. Understand. The, the, the committee members care about the net. I, I okay. understand what you're saying. But yeah, the committee okay. members. No, yeah, yeah, they yeah, they do. They do. And 55 right. is not good enough to say they're automatically in the tournament. No, agree. I'm the not saying they're automatic, but they I, have I two quad one wins, and they have a loss at home to Michigan State, and they have a loss at Miami. Right? Now the thing about them is that they can, uh, they can definitely like run the table. Here's the here's the rest of their schedule. They get Syracuse at home. They get yep. Louisville at home. They get at Georgia Tech. They get at North Carolina. That's two quad one games and two um, quad two games, right? So if they go three and one on that stretch, it really bolsters their resume. But they this was the first time they beat a team that ranked in the top forty of the net. Like it's only their second win against teams in the top sixty of the net. Like they have a long way to go. And the thing about Michigan State is, like, they're 90th in the net. Well, they were before that win at at, uh, at, at Indiana. Now, uh, I have it up in front of me what they are right now. But that's still a team. Let's go through 81. 81. 81. So let's go through Michigan State's profile right now. They're 11-8 and eight overall. 
They have three quad one wins, and they're five and nine against the top two quadrants. They don't have any bad losses, but they don't also have, like, an elite win. I think their win at Indiana is probably their best win, I would say. Um, But here's the thing about them is they get Illinois at home. They get Ohio State at home. They get Michigan at home, and they're at Maryland, right? So they have – They get Michigan twice. They get Michigan twice. That, do they right? do they add them to their schedule? They added them, yeah. yeah. They might, okay, so they get they they have four top six, top five. I don't know, four top five teams left on their schedule. So like they yeah. could end up losing their last five. I just teams. don't see them. I mean, again, I don't see them getting on this roll here. That's they're, you're right. You're right. They're probably not going to get on that roll. But right now they they're, the they're in a spot where they they're going to have the opportunities. And if you go, if you, let's say they go three and two in this stretch. They win at Maryland. They beat like Ohio State at home and they beat Michigan at home. They lose at home to Illinois. They lose at home to Michigan. Right. Yeah. They're 14 and 11. They'll have two top five wins at home. They'll have an eight and an eight and 11 mark against quad one opponents. And there's like their, their net is going to skyrocket with how difficult the schedule is. So like Michigan state's in a spot where go three and two down the stretch and they're probably in the tournament. Right. Same thing with Duke go three and one down the stretch and they're probably going to be in the tournament. I think now there's no guarantee that these teams are going to do that. uh, But that's, that's kind of where we're at right now, at least in my opinion. And, And here, I think that we need to have a little bit of a bigger conversation about Duke because this whole thing about like Duke is better without Jalen Johnson is um, – so here's my take on it. It's accurate. It's accurate. How about that? How about that? I, it's think, accurate. I think Duke's Duke's ceiling without Jalen Johnson is nowhere near what their ceiling is with Jalen Johnson. If you can say we, we're going to find a way to make this work with a guy as talented as Jalen But it's not going to work. It hasn't worked. No, hold on. Yeah, that's what. Let me finish. Jail with Duke with Jalen Johnson. Their ceiling is better than Duke without Jalen Johnson. The problem is that with they, it just didn't work. And at some point, you have to say, okay, we're never going to reach our ceiling if this guy's here. So they bring they get rid of him, and this team now is much more likely to hit the ceiling that they have and be their best and play their best consistently. Um, but it's just not going to be as good as it was before. So now they're like. They're like a tournament team, and if things go right, maybe they can win a game of the dance as like a, a 10 or an 11 seed. But if if everything had worked out perfectly with Jalen Johnson, that's a team that could get to the second weekend. I don't know if this team can get to the second weekend, but they're definitely good enough now where I'm not worried about them like throwing up complete stinkers. So I think their floor is much higher, their ceiling is lower, but they're significantly more likely to play at their ceiling than they were with Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like you, Rob, like on like a 12-foot ceiling. If, if you keep jumping, keep jumping, keep jumping, you don't hit that ceiling. And then eventually you realize, like, I'm never going to hit that ceiling. I'm never going to hit it. So I, I think that's what Duke and Coach K did here. They just uh-huh. said, you know what, we're never going to hit it. So, okay, you know what, Jalen Johnson, we're not going to fight you and try to keep you at this point. We're going to let you go. You want to go? Go. And we've got everybody bought in. And that's the difference. That Listen, I've talked to a couple sources, not coaches, within that Duke program. And they both told me the same thing. This team, again, always felt like Jalen Johnson was never completely invested, completely mm-hmm. bought in, that he was one foot in, one foot out. He wanted to get to the NBA. Um, so now they feel like at least, hey, you know what? If we're going to go down, we're going to go down with all of us fighting together, right, for the same deal. We're going to try to get in the tournament. And, yes, their ceiling once they get to the tournament isn't as high if somehow Jalen Johnson, you know, had fought through this all and bought in. 
But at this point, was he really going to bite it? You know, buy in? Like no, he did so. This this was the right move for Duke again. The right move uh, for for uh, for Jalen Johnson. And, and just to clarify something, when I did mention his camp, when I mentioned his camp, I was referring to the fact that. Um, that his family is talking to agents throughout this whole process. Anybody who thinks, anybody who's naive enough to think that Jalen Johnson's family is not talking to agents before making a decision like this is absolutely naive. It, it happens all the time, all the time. And it happened in this case, trust me. I'm not saying they fully listened to exactly what the agent was saying, um, but guaranteed they're trying to get they're trying to get their temperature, feel the temperature of the agent of, hey, if we do this now, what are NBA people saying? And they should mm-hmm. be. They mm-hmm. should be because it's smart. It's smart. Like you have to. Is. If you, he is in six months. He's going to be a multimillionaire. He's going to get a deal that is worth like eight figures guaranteed money. Right. But that's what's going to happen to him like in, in six months as soon as he gets drafted. Anybody that's making a decision as big as the one that he made without talking to uh, to people within the industry, like advisors, anything like that is foolish. He should be talking to agents. It's not a bad thing to be talking with agents. And I don't understand, like, why the context is it's put into that position. And I just want to make can I make one last point about this whole yeah. Jalen Johnson thing? Like. Sure. In this in this era that we're in, in terms of like talking heads and media culture and and, and social media and, and all that kind of stuff, right? It feels like every situation like this has to have a bad guy. You either have to say Duke was wrong for the way that they treated Jalen Johnson or Jalen Johnson was wrong for, for quitting the team or whatever it is. I don't think that there was a bad guy in the spot. And you've made this point over and over again, Jeff. This was the best option for Duke because Jalen Johnson wasn't fully bought in. Right. We know that that wasn't going to work. And it wasn't just his buy in. Right. It's, it's hard to be able to get Jalen Johnson and Matthew Hart on the floor together when they more or less need to play the same spot and the yeah. same role on the team. So they kind of play the same position. Right. We kind of overlap. And, and again, we talked about it. He got there August 20th. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. So, but, but it's also like it's also the right decision for Jalen. Because, like, if you're yeah. if you're going to be playing eight or nine or ten minutes a game or whatever it is, that's not right. better for your long term future as it would be to just kind of leave, get in the gym work out, get better individually, and maybe just spend like, if you spend five months working on your jump shot, maybe you're a guy that's going to be making threes at the NBA level instead of being a guy that teams don't have to guard outside of 15 feet. So like leaving is the best option for Jalen long-term. Having Jalen Johnson gone is probably the best. So there's nobody wrong in this scenario. The naysayers are saying, well, he should fight it out. He should fight it out. And 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 yeah, but the more he fights it out and doesn't get on the court, if he leaves after this year, which obviously he was kind of dead set on doing anyway, it's only going to push him to potentially where he's not going to be a first round pick. So Jalen Johnson looked out for himself in this case. I I think Duke looked out for themselves in this case. And again, I think both are going to win because I think Duke is going to get to the tournament where they might not have done it with Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson's still going to be a first-rounder. And to be honest, Rob, Jalen Johnson needs to go somewhere where there's no pressure on him because it's going to take time for him to be an impact guy in the NBA. He's got to work in his shot. He's got to work on his defense. He's got to work on on bringing it every single day. So to me, if he goes 22 instead of, you know, 12, I think he plays on, on, first of all, a better team and and not as much as expected of him. And that's perfect. Okay, and, and I just want to make one like you, you mentioned the the whole like quitting label thing. I just want to make one more point on that, right? Like in in a vacuum, right? 
you want guys that are gonna, that are going to fight through adversity, right? Like that that's a good thing for anybody. It's not just an athlete. If you're able to understand that bad things are going to happen to you in life and you have to work through them and you have to make the best of them and you have to find a way to persevere, like everybody needs that, right? Um I I would make the argument that Jalen Johnson like battling through covid, battling through this situation, like he 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 tried to persevere. Like it, it wasn't he you you reported this earlier, right? Like he he went home during uh, the Christmas break. Um, there was some speculation whether or not he was going to come back. He, he came back and he tried, like whether or not he was fully bought in, whatever, like he tried, he did yeah. come back. He didn't leave and it just didn't work. And it wasn't working for either side. And there's no, when it's not working for either side and there's a shelf life on what your relationship is, there's no reason to push through it when like, it's just, it's, it's going to be worse for both, both sides. So you can like, don't call him a quitter. Like don't label him a quitter. And I understand why they are, and 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 you know Jalen Johnson kind of has to eat it because of some of the decisions that he made when he was in high school. But like this, it's just kind of it's it also a unique year. I mean, that's yes, the other is. part that it we're is. not talking enough about is is uh-huh. the mental health of all this. So again, this isn't the ordinary uh, college experience that he's walking away from either. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on because we yeah. we spent we spent yeah. too much time arguing yeah. about Jalen Johnson, and I think we actually both agree. So um, after that, beyond, I don't want to touch too much on on North Carolina and Louisville. I mean, Chris Max having a bad enough morning as it is. Um, he doesn't need us to remind him that he lost by six hundred and eighty seven points at North Carolina. Um, North Carolina is probably going to end up being in the tournament. They uh, that was a good. I, I do want to talk about. Uh, uh, 82 Atlantic's comment that Virginia has no quality wins because we, we've sort of talked about it, Rob, but not enough, not enough. And now I think it's glaring. And and again, I'm looking at these, the rankings, the latest rankings and Virginia is still number nine in the net. And I can't, I can't figure it out for the life of me. I cannot figure well, out how okay. I, I, you're going to explain it to me again and again. I get it. But, but no matter what numbers you throw at me, I will go back to the same number. The best team that Virginia has beaten so far this season is the Clemson Tigers. The Clemson Tigers, who in the net are ranked 38th. So they've beaten the top 40 team now. Before that, they yes. had to beat the top But 40. here's the thing. They they beat yeah. Clemson yeah. on the road yeah. by 27 points yeah. in a game that had like 56 possessions or something. No, they beat them by 35 in a game that had 56 possessions. Okay. And the, what happens is – the the data that the net uses and that Ken Palm uses all this per possession stuff yeah. like that is just a complete outlier of a game. So if you want to know why Virginia is so high in the metrics, it's because of that complete outlier of a game. Well, it's that, that, probably the same thing as like what's going on with with Louisville a little bit and what's going on with 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 uh, Wisconsin because in their games coming off of the their pauses, like it's huge. So like just. Don't you? You, you got to get off that. You got to You got to stop looking at just like the net rankings. We know. Well, we know that there. Are, everyone. Okay. Think, okay. Wait, wait. 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 So Virginia gets like a today. Most people still have them as like a three seed. How? How is that? How could they I be? You're right. Seed? I agree. The conversation even even before yesterday's game. Right. The idea that that I, like I saw people saying that Virginia is in the conversation for a number one seed. I don't understand that at all. I don't think that they should be in the conversation for a two seed. Like for me, they have a resume that looks more like a three or a four at best. Like they're three and four against quad well, one. How about a four right or now? five now? How about today a four or a five? Yeah. Well, here the, the again the thing is that net is going to bolster them in terms of how good are they. They're probably like five seed good. 
in terms of what seed are they going to get? Uh, there's an argument to be made that they can be a top three seed because they're a top 10 team in the net. So my guess, put them at a four seed and, and call it a day, and we'll both pick them to lose in the first round to a 13 seed. Because remember, three and four, three and four against quad one opponents in the net, and they got that 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 <laughs> that cement brick tied to their ankle and lost to uh, to San Francisco. All right, let's 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 move on. Um, move on. What do we? We got? talked a little bit about Kentucky winning at Tennessee. We don't have to get into that anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll touch on UConn in a minute, but I think we should talk about what happened at the top of the, uh, the big 12 yesterday. Um, yeah. Kansas knocked off Texas tech who like continues to look like a, a really mediocre, um, mediocre team. They're six and six in the big 12 now. Um, and West Virginia came back from 19 down in the second half to beat Texas. Um, let's, let's start with Kansas and, and Texas tech. Cause I like, I don't want to go down the hole. Oh, he was fouled. Oh, it was a terrible call at the end of the Texas game because I know that's what's going to end up happening. So give me your give me your Kansas Texas Tech takes. How worried are you about your the fighting Chris Beards? Um, how confident are you in the fighting Bill Selfs? Like it feels like this is a it was a little bit of a, of a momentum changer for both teams. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I feel like with with whatever we've said about Kansas and their talent level. And it's not like Kansas good, like like Final Four. It just doesn't look like Kansas good because they don't have that star. It doesn't mean they don't have good players at every position. They do. They've got good, solid players at every position. And to me, again, it, you know, if they're making key three-pointers and, and defending at a fairly uh, high level, I, I think Kansas is a team that can beat most teams out there. They can. That, again, that's not to say they're going to be able to – to get to the final four, they're going to need some help in order to do so. But they can guard. We know that. Uh, and, and Texas Tech, we talked about it yesterday. If you can find a way to keep Mac McClung from going off, mm-hmm. Terrence Shannon was terrible. Like you have no idea what you're going to get out of Terrence Shannon if you're if you're Chris Beard, and and that's the problem. That's the problem for me in this Texas Tech team. Right? He needed to be like Robin. To, to Mac McClung being Batman. Like, he needed to be able to get you 15 every single night. And if you're Chris Beard, like the Kyler Edwardses, um, the, the the Kevin McCullers, they're solid players. Terrence Shannon needed to be that guy. Like, NBA guys on the right night really like Terrence Shannon. Um, but ultimately, you can't really trust him night in and night out. And I think Kansas, the one thing you can do now, I think you can trust – Kansas's players for what they are the mo- for the most part, right? Like David McCormick's been better. He's not great. Yeah, he's not. he has. I mean, look. he's been better. He's not missing all those bunnies like he was early on in the year. His confidence is back up. Christian Brown, really, really nice player. Not a star. Agbaji, nice player. Not a star. Jalen Wilson kind of hit that wall a little bit earlier in the year. He's bounced back a little bit now. So I, I like Kansas because – the sum of their parts is still solid, but they're not going to blow you away. They don't have a guy that you can just say, "Hey, we're going to give the ball to go get go get us a bucket." They don't have that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're that quintessential. They're not going to lose games that they're supposed to win, but they're probably not going to win games that they're supposed to lose. Like they just they're a high floor, low ceiling. And and your point on McCormick is 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 uh, correct. Like he's he's playing within himself now. Um, and when he does that, when he just when he seals in front of the rim, catches it, goes through contact, and just finishes right there, like he's he's a really good post presence. And Bill Self is going to be better than a seven, eight, or nine seed. B two Atlantic, trust me, they will be better than a than a seven, eight, or nine. 
Yeah, because no. I mean, I don't. The, here, so here's the thing: they've won five in a row, um, but like three of those games were Ohio State and Kansas State. So right. I mean, we'll kind of we'll, we'll see it ends up happening. They're 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 fine. They're they're probably like a well. They like, get Baylor. Listen, they get Baylor next week after a long layoff. Baylor. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and like, winning winning that game would be huge for them in terms of getting better seeding. But no matter where Kansas gets seeded, like to me, they're very much a team that's like, okay, you pick them to win the first round because I don't see them getting upset. Uh, but I don't know if they can beat a, a okay, good team. But, but I'll play devil's advocate there for you. I'll play devil's advocate. Let's say they're on the, the sixth line, which is right. I think where they'll probably be. If I had to guess, I'd say they're they're like oh, a sixteen. Oh, could you imagine Five. like Kansas Duke in the first round? Of the NCAA tournament, right. I mean, very well could be. Yeah, that'd be I mean, fun. very well could be. And if they win that, if they win that, you're talking about Kansas getting like, let's say, an Iowa or a, uh, you know, who they get, a Virginia or they something could be like Virginia. that. They could absolutely beat Virginia in the second. They're winnable round. games. That's all I'm saying. They're winnable games. Villanova, even right I now. Yeah, like, I don't think they can beat Villanova. Um, I don't think right, they if they're making threes, they can. I don't. I don't think that they can beat Iowa. Um, although I do think that in, literally anybody can beat Iowa. So maybe. I, maybe I, 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 mean, I lie. I lied to myself right. on that one. Sorry. Right. I lied to the stream. I, I'm sorry, guys. Please forgive me. Um. So t- I just want to make one point on Texas Tech, and then we can talk about West Virginia, Texas. Uh, when when Chris Beard took that team to the uh, to the national title game, yeah. like I don't think people. Th- there was a lot of talk of oh he's got these grad transfers. Oh like he's got some guys that were under recruited players. Oh he's got all these hidden gems. Yeah. But like Jared Culver was the number six pick in the draft. Um, Matt Mooney's still playing. He played in the NBA at the end of last season. Uh, he's he still with. Played, I think he's with the in the NBA. Yeah, like Tariq Owens played in the NBA. Like he had pros on that roster. He, he had he had a he had a top ten pick. And he had two 23-year-olds that are now playing in the NBA, two redshirt seniors that are now playing in the NBA, right? And yep. surrounded them with a bunch of really good role players. Um, when he made the Elite Eight, he had the Big 12 Player of the Year and one of the most underrated players in college basketball, and Keenan Evans at the point, with Jared Culver as a freshman, with Zaire Smith as a freshman on that roster. So that team was really, really good and had pros all over that roster. Yeah, This year's team, like, they don't – they don't have pros. They're not loaded with 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 great players, and and it's kind of it's kind of showing through. So, um, I mean, I, I think Beard is doing a a really good job um, with what he has, but it's like you kind of have to recognize like what he has is not necessarily uh, the greatest roster he's ever had. All right, West Virginia, Texas. Um, it Shaka Smart has a right to be very very angry at the way that that game ended. Um, there were at least two fouls that were committed by West Virginia on the final possession. Uh, Greg Brown got held trying to get over a screen. Jericho Sims got fouled, tipping the shot in at the rim. Now, if yep. you want to make the argument that that uh, that Jericho Sims caught the ball, um, the time would have elapsed. Like there wasn't enough time for him to do what he did, so that yep. foul didn't counted. Okay, you're right, but uh, Gabe Osaboyan still tried to arm tackle Greg Brown as he went around a screen. That's illegal. That is a foul. That is a hold. 100% of the time, there is no excuse for the referees missing that. That said, you know, Texas can't really complain about shit. They lost, they were up by 19 and they blew that lead in part because like the air went out of that team when Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones got in a, uh, all, a very close, very close to a physical altercation because Andrew Jones did not close out on a shooter. So, uh, what was your take on Texas? Like West Virginia, they're awesome. They're fun. They score a lot of points. There's no different in our take on them 
uh, based off of like anything that we've seen over the course of the last three weeks. So I, I want to focus this on Texas a little bit. I mean, my take on Texas is honestly that it concerns me um, that the, the the mental fragility of the Texas Longhorns. That, that's what I would say in this in this case is like, okay, you got two guys who've been playing with each other for a while. If you handle it that way, you figure out a way to kind of nip it in the bud quickly, right? If you're Courtney Ramey and you do that, you, you got to figure it out because you can't you can't let that fester like it did. And uh, Andrew Jones, a veteran, yeah, if he screwed up, you pull him aside, you say something, and, and you kind of you, you figure it out and you move on. But I think, honestly, I think this is a team that, remember, it wasn't that long ago they were 10-1. and one. They were 10-1, and one, Rob. Now they're 13-6. and six. So I, I think that's a part of it. They were rolling with no adversity, zero adversity earlier. Everybody was telling them how good they were, and this was a group that had never tasted success together, right? I mean, Chaka was supposed to be fired this year, last year, the year before. And, and instead, they're winning, and then all of a sudden, some adversity hits, and uh, and they don't know how to handle it. And and they kind of revert back to maybe the way they had been. And and now you're talking about a team that, listen, you got you still got Kansas uh, at home and Texas Tech in the road to close out the, the regular season. You lose those two, you're seven and seven in Big 12 play after your start. I mean, you were so good early. So, yeah, I think they got to figure out a way, get, way to get that locker room squared away or else they're in, in major trouble. Yeah, it's 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 very concerning to me to see the way the air went out of um, out of that bench and out of that team after that that little skirmish. Yeah. Like yeah. skirmish, like arguments like that are it's not, it's not that rare in a locker room, right? Like these are competitive guys with adrenaline flowing. Like you're there's gonna be times that you disagree, there's gonna be times that you go at each other's head, and there's gonna be times that you end up, you know, even there's there's gonna be fights in practice. Like that's not that uncommon in a team setting. Um, it is uncommon to see it come to what it came to on a sideline. And seeing the way that everyone reacted kind of makes me think like this is not the first time we've seen something like that happen. You know, like there's if you're Courtney Ramey is going to go at Andrew Jones on national television on the sideline in a game where they're up by 19 points. There's there's like there's got to be more to it. That can't just be the only thing that's happened between them. Yeah. And I still I got to say, like, if West Virginia just stops, you know, giving people these 19, 21 point leads. Man, they'd be a lot better. They'd be a lot better. Like, like they start doing that in the tournament, they're in trouble. You know, you, I, I love them and all, but like, you don't want to be getting used to doing that and 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 saying, "Hey, we can come back. We can turn it on when we want." They're a fun team to watch, though. They are a fun. Oh, they're team. so much. They're, they're, I mean, they don't yeah. play any defense and they chuck a bunch of threes. Like, right. what, 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 what's better than that? And they're coached by Bob Huggins. Yeah, what's better than that? They're all what, what the hell? that that is like. That is 2021. Like that, that's the pandemic. That sums it up. Like, what the hell is going on? We've got Bob Huggins coaching a team that just doesn't care about defense and just jacks up threes and he's okay with it. It's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's loving it. He's having fun. Crazy. You know, he's watching the team that's that's um entertaining. Um, last thing I do want to say, and you're gonna push back on me on this because I know I know that you don't like numbers, but yeah. I love um, numbers. I saw some people criticizing. I love numbers. Now. I, I saw some people criticizing Sean McNeil for the foul that he committed with uh, with ten seconds left. Yeah. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
analytically speaking, like that was probably the, the right play there is probably to commit that foul. Yeah. And the reason why is that uh, West Virginia is uh, they're up by two, right? If you foul Matt Coleman there, it's the one and one, right? right. Uh, it means that he's an 80 something percent free throw shooter. It means there's a 60% chance that he's going to end up making both of those free throws. Uh, more or less, um, like there's 65 percent chance. Really? He's gonna, yeah, he's going to end up making both the free throws. 80 percent times 80 percent is like 64, whatever it is. Okay. Um, so uh, that means that, especially because it's the one on one, that that's significant. It lowers the percentage chance that he could end up make, making one and, and uh, missing one. Um, either way, it ensures that you are going to get the last shot. Um, it ensures that you are not going to fall behind after that game. Uh, or after that possession, and it yeah. ensures uh, that you like it, it. Basically, takes away any opportunity for you to lose on that possession, and guarantees that even if he does tie the game, you will still have a chance to win at the other end. Uh, so it, it's like analytically speaking, um, you yeah. would prefer it not to be a guy that shoots eighty something percent from the free throw line, and it's a, it's better if you are not the underdog on the road and you're the home team um, playing as a favorite, but. Still, at the end of the day, like that is, I don't think people realize that committing that foul, and I, I, I'm I'm positive that this did not go through Bob Huggins' head or Sean McNeil's head, but I, I don't know if people realize that that was actually like mathematically speaking, it's the same thing as like in football when you're down by 14 and you score a touchdown and you go for two to try to cut the lead to six. Um, mathematically speaking, that is the 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 analytically correct play, even if it doesn't really compute for people. So it's the same situation here. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, last thing, I guess, I maybe. maybe we can talk Thank a little bit about pointing that out. That was riveting. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's I know that people like you that don't understand, uh, don't understand numbers can feel different. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Villanova, UConn, you got any takes on that? Um, Syracuse had a huge comeback. You got any takes on that? No, I, I think we're, we're, we're about 50 minutes in. Well, maybe less because you screwed up the stream the first couple of times. So no, we're four, 40 minutes in. There's a timer on the, the, the box. So, um, uh, that's the timer. I don't have a timer. You, you have the timer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, USC, I, I would say we got to get to our picks for today. If, if you have any others, let, let's, no, let's I'll probably like, I'm just going to. I'm I'm so fired up for this Michigan Ohio State game. I'm just gonna I think I'm gonna bet on Ohio State and and kind of go from there and see what yeah. happens. I'm gonna take Loyola Maryland again. They beat Lehigh. They beat the the crap out of Lehigh yesterday. They're they're given eleven. Uh, I just think they're the superior team and and they're starting to get their legs uh, to them. And then how can I not go with my boy Evans this year? Like seriously, how can I not go with him? He he had a big game yesterday. I get like ten points and like four boards. Uh, they play NCANT again. Will Jones, coach of NCANT, you might want to double Evans this year. I mean, honestly, you might want to even throw like like a boxing one around Evans this year. So if you're listening, Will Jones, come up with something because honestly, just just you can't stop Evans this year. Just hope to contain him. That's all. <laughs> um, the only other one that I'll mention is. Uh, is I do think that um, that Penn State is interesting against Iowa. Uh, we know Iowa struggles against teams that can kind of put the ball on the floor and, and penetrate and get to the rim, and, and Penn State has a bunch of guys that can do things like that. They play a little bit smaller. Luca Garza is going to eat. Uh, if you can get a prop on Luca Garza's like points over, I think that that would be interesting, assuming he doesn't get into foul trouble. Uh, but I do like uh, Penn State. I think they are a live dog. Um, and, I mean, look, 
If you're going to be a guy that bets on Wisconsin at Northwestern, like I am. Power to you at this that's point. Me. That's me. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Thank you. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, Jeffrey. All right, I'm man. Six. Big day today, Rob. My first game in person since the end of November today. I'm headed over. Bryant Merrimack with my daughter. Don't worry. We'll have a double mask on. Whatever, whatever. Don't don't turn me in. I'm gonna go in. I'm sitting by by ourselves, and then we're out. So don't turn me in. Whatever you do. Mas- mask.